the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is Monday, and uh, Black Widow did somewhere between 80 and $90 million over the weekend at the, at the box office. Big, 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 big motion picture. And by the way, and, I, and I'll say it again, and I talked to, my Matt, to Matt Smith about this. It really amazed me that Hollywood actually made a movie that showed the downfalling of the Soviet Union and how, they, how their government ran. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Because that's what it's all about at the beginning. I mean, how did how did Natasha Romanoff end up as the Black Widow? Hmm. And it's a really interesting. It's a good movie. It's a good I movie. Enjoyed, I enjoyed it. Oh. Enjoyed it. Really did. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, that all the all the uh, all the uh, the the big uh, uh, heroes at the end. I mean, you got to have some wokeism in a Hollywood movie. Just got to get used to it. It's always going to be there. It's been there forever. People just hadn't paid attention. Uh, all the all the heroes are, are women. Um, no men. Wow. No men. None? No, yeah, the world doesn't need a man. Don't need one. All right, so with that, uh, with that said, though, other than that, the movie is really well done. The action sequences, I thought, were better than what they gave us in uh, Fast and Furious 9. Well, anyway, this weekend, uh, Escape Room... And Space Jam, the second one, second Space Jam. They're gonna. LeBron is gonna try to unseat Michael Jordan's Space Jam. It's not gonna happen, folks. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that ain't gonna happen. But anyway, there. It's. Uh, it'll be a good one because kids need a movie to go go see too. Yeah, they need, that, they need and, one. And that's what I was just thinking here. That may. Uh, this may work to LeBron's advantage <laughs> because people are just starting to get out again and. Where are we going? I don't care. Anywhere. Let's yeah, just go let's somewhere. Go, get out. <laughs> let's just get out. Yeah, absolutely. I know that uh, I went and saw the movie Thursday night, and I would say 70% filled in the theater wow. on the Thursday night showing. And they said- uh, Mask or no mask? No mask. All right. No mask. Kind of- Some places it? still are requiring masks. What was it? Durant that said uh, no mask. No mask. No yeah, mask. Yeah. yeah. No mask. Roberto. No mask. <laughs> Roberto. Wow. Did you see uh, McGregor got hurt in MMA? Huh. It, just, it looks like he shattered his ankle oh. in the end of that yes, first part. I, uh, I, pic- I saw the picture of did it. Did not it, look it, good. It, so. it did not look very well, nice. I, if he can come back from that, you know, he's a superman. That's yeah, all I'll say about that. I don't, think he's ankle, go- I don't think he's going to. All right. Anyway, I want to talk about Cuba today. This is an amazing sight to me. Look, since 1959, Cuba 
has been under either, you know, Fidel or Raul Castro. Castro brothers. Yes. Yeah. Under the lordship. Yeah, well, not even a lordship. Just under, <laughs> under their dictatorship. The, right, the master. They're, you know, thousands of people killed and, and whatnot. And and what's his name? Who's that idiot that college students wear? His, 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 Shavaz, uh, yeah, Shavaz. It was a Shavaz. Was it, Is that his no, name? It's not Shavaz. It's, uh, come on, guys. Uh, Shah? Is that what they call him? Uh, like, nah. something like that. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Che. I mean, I'll tell you, yeah, all right? And and I used to have a shirt. I wish I still had it. And it was a picture of Shea on the front of it. Huh. But it was made up of pictures of the people that he had assassinated. Oh, wow. You know, that guy killed people left and right. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was disgusting. But he was a communist. Yeah, I was about to say, that's what all those guys <laughs> have in common. That's what they do. Yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do. And, people are uh, just animals. Castro did, did the same way, thing. Absolutely, yeah. Think about the 62 years under the Castros. Yes. And now the people see an opportunity to take to the streets to say no more communism. They don't want any more communism. Yeah. You, you made the statement, Ivers, and we were watching some video up on the television. And you said, look at those buildings. Yeah. <laughs> they look like they're in the 30s. Yeah. It's probably built in the 30s yeah. or, or earlier. I mean, I, I had uh, uh, Matt Smith on. He traveled over there a few years ago and said, you know, there's like, it's incredible what they could be and what they are. Oh, yeah. And uh, you look at the cars and all the cars are like from the 1950s. Mm. Says this is <laughs> now that's a gold mine. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 they make a lot of yeah, money off of all that. Yeah, they really, really yeah, would. Yeah, yeah they could, but they it's could. really in, incredible. See, I I look at Paul. Paul's like Cuba. Who cares? You know, I I'm, I got to tell you what I care. Oh yeah, I, I think it's a neat, a neat, a, a neat thing because maybe they'll do something right if a bunch of so-called intellectuals from the U.S. don't go over there and mess it up. Well, the intellectuals are are so trying called. to ignore it. They're ignoring what's happening right now. Of course. Biden hasn't said a word. You would think. Now, I'll tell you what. If it was Trump or it was Reagan, you know what they'd say right now? We stand with the Cuban mm-hmm. people. No such words right. coming out of the White House it's right not now. Going to happen. You know what Saki says? She, she made the statement, oh, this is about COVID. Yeah, it's, about in, co- <laughs> it's not about freedom. It's not about freedom. Wow. You know, the... These people have been dying for years over there. Decades. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Rubio's going crazy. He really is. He's going nuts. I mean, I, this is the I time. don't know what he said because yeah. he said it all in, in Spanish. In Spanish. <laughs> but I, I was watching him on uh, my he, – he, he sent me a thing, uh, a video on my Facebook, and I was watching it. And I wish that he would have done one in English, but it was all in Cuban. Wow. And, uh, you know, I was surprised he didn't say Viva Cuban or whatever. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say anything like that. But it was it was very obvious. It was very emotional for him. Because uh-huh. that's where his parents came yeah. from. Yeah. They escaped from Cuba. I think Ted Cruz. Uh, same thing. Folks, same thing. I've spoken on a couple of circuits uh, with him. And, uh, you know, he talks about escaping from there and, you know, what it was like growing up in Cuba. And then, of course, he was one of the uh, he was fighting 
initially with Castro until he saw that this guy is worse than the Nuts. one we just replaced. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Batista was not a good guy. Yeah. All right. He was a dictator just as much as Castro was. What they needed was freedom over yes. there, and uh, hopefully now they'll get it. I was talking to Iverson. I said, can you imagine what will happen if oh, a free, freely elected government goes in over in Cuba and they open themselves up to investment? Wow. Do you know how many people will flood that island? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, there will be there will be the people who will well, go over there to take, try to take advantage. Yes, yes. Well, they just... You know, <laughs> why are they going to look over there and say, hey, we got this many... We got this many of these kind of people and this many of these kind of people. What would they do? Divide the land up according to what color their skin are, or well, it depends or what, on who they or, listen or, to, or what background they're from, yeah. or or maybe they'll say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna open up property for mm-hmm. sale and for business, and and actually let people try freedom, yeah, yeah. and justice and capitalism." So what is the, mean, what, what is the president saying over in Cuba? He says. Uh, there's a group of counter-revolutionary mercenary people paid by the U.S. government, paid indirectly through agencies of the North American government to assemble these types of demonstrations. Really? Then why haven't we seen any of them? <laughs> yeah. We've seen them. Dem- <laughs> yeah, we've seen some demonstrations in the United States for the last two or three years, but uh, I don't think it fit any of that description. No. No, that's – and then I want to drive you lefties nuts – they were they were waving the Cuban flag, but what was the other flag they were waving? <gasps> the American flag. I wonder why. Yeah, I can. I, can, I, I wonder. Don't know. I don't know why, why they. The American they can see flag. the difference. They were. Yeah. They were between communism. They were waving yeah. the American flag. And freedom. It is amazing how people just about all over the world still see the American flag as a symbol of freedom. It's a symbol of hope. Free, yeah, that's, that's, really probably, that's a it better is a, word. It is a, free, a, a, it is a, a symbol, symbol of hope. hope. Yeah. Now, the left doesn't see that. They <laughs> they see that it's a symbol of oppression. Oppression. Not oh. that it's a symbol of hope. I see it as a symbol of hope. For you who are out there, you know, what's a, what what they called it, B-Y, before young. Um, before you. Yeah, before you. Here, here's the key. Uh, the American flag, when you raised it, had all kinds of hope for everybody in the world because most people yes. in the world were not free. Yes. And that's why so many people Still have, a lot of people aren't free. Yeah, have perished. Uh, those escaping Cuba to get to America on, you know, <laughs> life rafts and pieces of boards and all kinds of things if I can just get to America. You, you know, know what the difference is? They were going to Russia. They were trying to swim to were Russia. Were they trying to swim they... to Russia? That's what Sanders was. <laughs> Sanders was. He, he wanted to go have his honeymoon in Russia. Yeah, but what did he Moscow. come back to? Yeah, he comes back to the United yeah. States. Wonder, why wonder why. Couldn't sell any books over there? Probably not. <laughs> couldn't have Couldn't have two houses over there uh-huh. like he does here. Yeah. So, you know, Iverson, you know the difference between you and me and the people on the left when we, when we look at uh, the American flag? Uh, we fought for it, and most of them didn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, we, we we did fought. We did fought. You know, we went out and fight uh, to make sure that it was there. But here's the key: you who don't know think that right now America is at its worst. I'm telling you, America is so far ahead oh, yeah. towards its best. Yeah, because I saw it when it was at its not at its worst. 
when but it was when it was not, bad, not as good as it is now. I mean, I didn't yeah. I didn't live during the antebellum South. I'll be honest. Okay, I mean, I'm old, <laughs> but I'm not that old. But I did live during the civil rights movement, and I did see what all went down, mm-hmm. and I did see what the South was like because I went down and visited in the South and 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 saw you know drinking fountains that mm-hmm. said white and black, and mm-hmm. the same thing with restrooms and. And uh, the same thing when you went to stay at a motel or whatever. I've saw, I've seen all of that. Yeah. I know it happened, and I understand that's not good. But guess what? It's not there anymore. It's not there anymore. We've made improvements, and we continue. In spite forming, of the Democrats fight Forming a more perfect union. Yes. See, we see that. You don't see that because right. you weren't here to see it. You don't know. You just don't know. Before Your you. ignorance <laughs> blinds you. Sorry. Don't get me started. You okay now, no, Dave? Yeah. No, I'm not really. It just, <laughs> those people drive me crazy. I mean, I re- it really makes me angry. Really angry. Yeah. You know, they, I think uh, you coming from uh, the north, it gives you a different perspective, as you were saying, when you used to come south and would see those things that are so you know, different than where you actually live. But here's the key, Iverson. I saw the, I saw it up north, okay? It was in the north. Now, it's a lot better than it yeah. used to be. It was just that they, they didn't put it out in the open like they did in the south. Well, you know, there, and there's, there's where what the, uh, on one of the charts that the uh, CRT folks have, they're using CRT, uh, critical race theory, and are using... They show a chart that's like, a, if you can imagine, a, a pyramid in the top 20% being overt white supremacy and the bottom right. 80% being covert white supremacy. Then that would, for the, for the uh, South, that would have been overt. Yeah. From where you came from, that would have been covert. It was covert. Yeah. Here's what they say. Yeah, you talk to him about that job, but don't you dare. Don't you dare hire him. Mm-hmm. Right, they won't put up. But you know what? They said the same thing about women then. Yeah. Same thing about women. It was amazing. All right. And we have to be on a merit-based system that is based on uh, character, hard work. Character? Ethics, Are you kidding me? So which morals, <laughs> a merit-based system, and people get what they put into something. And when we were in school, they taught us that, all people had opportunity, and anybody that worked hard could be anything they wanted to be in this country. Is that not what they taught you where you were in school? And I, I, I believe, as I've researched and researched, that that holds true pretty much throughout history. All right. Hold your thoughts. We'll take a break. 620. It's a Monday morning. we got a big show today. Coming up in the next half hour, Mark Lowry will join with us. We're going to talk about CRT. It's raised its little ugly head at the governor's school. We're going to talk about that. Uh, 7 o'clock, Charles Murray will be here, and uh, he'll be talking about race. And at 735, Rose Mims will join us from Arkansas Right to Life. So all that's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Pat Davis. Get your health insurance with Pat Save you 30 to 50%. Uh, all you have to do is call him, 501-605-6935. 501-605-6935. Or go to, online to uh, Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, Your Health Plan Man, 
Uh.com. Don't ever pay a copay again. You don't have to. I'm just telling you, not necessary. Get actual insurance, not a share plan, and uh, use any provider that's out there. Talk to Pat today. 501-605-6935 for yourhealthplanman.com. Yeah, if you're listening and you're younger than 30, before you, things were a lot worse. You think that they are bad right now. There's some of you think because you've been taught that. You've been taught that America is terrible now. And I'm telling you, America has made huge advances in race and in, in, in every societal area. They really have. They've made great, great strides. Now, we're trying to take it back. The left's trying to take it back. They're trying to let, you know, boys take scholarships from girl athletes and stuff. I mean, it's crazy, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, racism is is largely dead compared to what you would have seen 50 years well, ago. Well, I won't say it's largely mm-hmm. dead, but I think it's dead to the point Com- now. Compared to it, it is an individual kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Because racism is all about the heart. The heart. Sure. That's what it's bit. all about now. I mean, you mean there's something you amazing. can do to control it? Yeah, there's something you can what? do to you get rid can of it. Control your feelings and your emotions and your moral concepts. Well, you might. That's amazing. If man. you go out and and jump in and and embrace uh, uh, Christian doctrine, mm-hmm. of course, then you got to admit that there is a God. For many of you, that's very difficult. <laughs> well, that's the only hope for this country. Period. Yeah, well, yeah, it, we all it, know it, that it is Christian doctrine. That's the only hope. They're not going to. He's They're the only one that could change the heart, right? That's exactly yes. right. They're not going to pass any law in Washington or in the state of Arkansas that's going to make people start caring about each other and using the golden rule. Nope. So the and uh, sadly enough, I think most of our children in school right now don't know what the golden rule is. He who has all the gold makes all the rules. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of that's kind of probably the way. That's the way that left is acting out too. Them, but but like you said. Godly principles and the principles found in his book is what made this country great. That's what we aspired to. How dare you say that name for. out loud? How yeah. dare you say that name out loud? Well, that's the only answer. That is. Yeah. These politicians on there, and, and nothing against. I appreciate people that volunteered to get involved in politics mm-hmm. and take the bullets and try to make a difference. Mm-hmm. If they have... Christian principles, and if they take them to the Capitol with them and use them, you have to go inside the front door with those principles and make decisions off of those principles. Well, you got to listen to what's said to you, and then you got to look at your principles and say, how does that match with my principles? Yeah. And see, that's that's what we vote for people for is say, hey, I know the basis that the foundation of that man's character is built on. And if he's in a situation, I feel confident of the decisions that mm-hmm. he'll make. That he'll make based on his character and the foundation. And it doesn't take long to know somebody to to see if they're going to to do that to or follow not. through. But that's what that's that's what we vote for people for. Now you've heard Iverson talk about. He goes out and talks about mm-hmm. critical race theory. And Mike Mark Lowry, who is a state representative, has been on the show. Uh, talking about it as well because he goes out and talks about it i saw him a couple of weeks ago out in faulkner county in his presentation yep. did a really nice job uh but don't and and you'll hear well this isn't being taught in arkansas schools <laughs> let me tell you something 
That's that's a bald-faced lie, and uh, it has shown its ugly head in governor's school. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came out last couple of days, and I gave Mark a call and asked him if he'd come on and talk about it, and he said he would, and we'll, we'll, we'll hear what he has to say about it. He says the stories that have been presented are not entirely accurate, and he'll bring us up to date on that. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. He's going to join us starting at six thirty-five, and uh, it, it's there. My question is, uh, why hasn't Johnny Key, the head of uh, the Education Department of Arkansas, tell them to stop teaching it? Hmm. You know, sometimes you have to be involved. You can't just tell somebody to stop and sit back. You know, just like. Linda Collin Smith, you know, passed a bill that she wanted history taught back, you know, all the way back past the Great Wars and all the way back to the Civil War. She actually fought to pass a law saying that we're going to teach history in Arkansas so people can understand where we came from. Yeah. And maybe learn from our mistakes. Yeah. All right. And, but uh, you got to hold, you, hold your thought. Hold your thought. Yeah. You can pick it up in the next segment. We got to take a break, got some news for you, and then when we come back, State Representative Mark Lowry joins us on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, East End <laughs> Towing wants you to know they are uh, very cognizant of all the rules of the road about towing and all that. They belong to the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They're licensed, they're insured, and each truck, uh, truck that they have is permitted. And they, they want you to keep in mind a few things. One, there is a uh, uh, campaign going on. It's called Slow Down, Move Over. And it's very simple. If you see the orange lights of a tow truck and they're on the side of the road, get as far in the other lane as you can. Now, look, if it's two-lane highway, it doesn't mean you do head-on collision. All right, you, you move over as you can and get as far away from the tow truck as you can so the people who are doing their business uh, outside that truck you don't run them over. You know, let's let's keep it safe out there. Not only them, but, you know, the people that may be driving the car or the boat or the truck or the camper uh, that is being, uh, being towed. And, yes, they do tow all of those things. What you need to do is have the phone number. I want to give it to you. Put it in your wallet. Put it in your purse. Put it in your glove box. 888-8849. Goes without saying 501. 888 uh, 888- 8849 that's east end towing and i'll get patrick mcintyre on here uh, probably next week i'll give him a call tomorrow and see if he's got some open time you come in and talk all right guy likes to come on the show and talk with us i call him and i say hey i need you i need you to come on and clarify some things give us give us the scoop uh story broke over the weekend that uh, critical race theory was being presented in the uh, governor's school. And uh, we want to talk about that. And Mark uh, Lowry is on with us, state representative. He can give us all the ins and out on this. Now, Mark, you say that the, the way that the, uh, the media has presented this story is not entirely accurate. <coughs> so let me turn it over to you, and you give us the whole story and and what we need to know. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for letting me uh, come on. Uh, Well, 
I, I think that the photograph showing the governor uh, on this article seems to imply that the, the governor has actually sanctioned uh, this teaching, the critical race theory uh, section at the governor's school. Uh, now, I do read, and that's not, uh, that's not a correct perception, but I do see later in the article uh, that there, there was an attempt to reach the governor's office and uh, they they did not uh, respond grant an interview. They did not respond. Okay. So that is tr- that is troubling. But I do know uh, that there have been conversations between the governor's office and the the governor's school, or at least with the Department of Ed about this. Um, you know, pe- people should not be surprised that this is going on at the governor's school. Uh, let liberal. Uh, what I've always referred to as indoctrination has always taken place there. Uh, I had hoped and I had worked for many years to at least have a, uh, a balanced treatment of issues be done at the governor's school. I hoped that changing the location of it, uh, it was at Hendricks College for well over 30 years. Uh, it's been at Arkansas Tech for the last three uh, I'd hope that that would change it, but it really doesn't. Uh, the, the only thing that's going to change these kinds of issues is uh, closing off the pocketbook. And we spend close to, my last check, we, we spend $850,000 Wow! For, the, for this six-week school for, I think, something like 250 students. Do me a favor. Explain to the listeners, if they're not, you know, they don't realize what is the governor's school? Well, the governor's school is a six-week uh, school that is held during the summer for uh, talented and gifted students that have been identified throughout the state. About, uh, like I said, about 250 students, and uh, I believe that that's the count. They come from all over the state. They come in. Uh, most people think that it is just a school that gives an accelerated uh, academic experience and uh, the students do qualify in certain areas, whether it's math, science, the arts, uh, and that is called the area one instruction. The real problem the instruction that takes place many times is in area two and area three, which are more about social, emotional and, uh, uh cognitive <coughs> learning issues. Um, and, and the, Proponents try to say, well, you know, all we're trying to do is create an environment where students are willing to have discussion uh, about critical issues, critical thinking skills. Um, But the school does not offer balanced treatment. And these kids, they don't go home every night. It's residential. They stay there at the school. And um, and I would almost say that the the whole approach is insidious, the way that they actually uh, uh, go after these students and try to many times impact uh, their their thinking, so that uh, when they go back home, their parents have said the kids are never the same. Okay, so now let let's make sure we understand here. The, go- uh, the government, the state, is the one who puts this on, correct? Yes. It, it was started, the school was started during uh, Bill Clinton's <clears throat> gubernatorial administration back in the early 80s. And it was crafted after the North Little Rock, uh, excuse me, the North Carolina uh, governor's school. 
Okay, and, so uh, and it's taken place ever since. All right, so with that in mind, there's no argument here that you in the, the legislature don't have a say in how things are taught and what should be taught. No, we don't. And uh, you know, I'm just I'm glad that when this kind of publicity happens that my colleagues are awakened to the fact that, you know, that I've not been a conspiracy nut uh, all these years of pointing out whether it is a problem with governor's school or whether it is the teaching of critical race theory in our, in our K-12 schools that I, that I'm not just making this stuff up. Right. And uh, so uh, some of my colleagues are, you know, frankly, the, the legislature, uh, the only control we have many times is just to choke off, the money. And uh, there, there are some that are talking about um, going after this particular line item uh, in the Department of Education budget. Okay. Let's, right. uh, here's R.D. All right. Hey, thank you for being on the show today, Mr. Lowry. Absolutely. Uh, How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. You, you. You know, a lot of our schools have the freedom to do things, but they come under attack if they do so. Well, we did pass a resolution in the Republican Committee of Arkansas saying, the resolution says, and I'd like to get you a copy of it, that if a publicly funded school in Arkansas teaches evolution, that they mu- that that Republicans believe they should spend an equal amount of time on creation. And I, I don't think debate is a bad thing. But we need to have a fair debate, and we need to arm the children equally on both sides and let them debate and make their own decisions. When the schools, you know, they come under attack if they exercise their freedom, then then they become a target of the left. But uh, I, I think the governor's school thing is probably a good thing handled in the right way. I do have a daughter that is at governor's school this year. And I do have other people that I know that have kids there, and I know that they are being picked up and taken to church on Sunday morning. And these kids are pretty well armed for debate and, and pretty well trained and ready to debate there. And uh, we'll, we'll see how – we'll talk to them when they come back and see. But let's – my suggestion and what I'd like to see the lawmakers do is provide a balanced – a balanced debate in our school systems and present both sides of theories and make sure that children have the opportunity to choose what they want to believe. Well, I think what you said is all is all correct. And and I have known a number of students who've gone to the governor's school. I've known their families and uh, they said that, you know, their child is very fortunate that they're able to seek out and find other like-minded Christian conservative kids that are at the governor's school and they support one another. The real concern are those kids that are very impressionable that do not have that kind of support base and they seek out approval. And a lot of it is done through peer pressure. Um, and the governor's school, the, the instruction is not balanced. And even if they did a minute for minute balancing uh, the instructors themselves kind of put a thumb on the scale, uh, one w- leaning one way, and it's usually a more leftist interpretation. If you read this article, 
uh, you know, it's talking about how they're going to be talking about the problems of whiteness and how to identify your whiteness. Well, <laughs> you know, just flip, flip the coin on this. If the, if they were talking about dis- discuss the, uh, the attributes of blackness, the problems of blackness. What, what if problems what if, with blackness? What if somebody said there that? would be outrage? There'd be absolute outrage. There would be protests, and yet conservatives go, "Oh well, you know, if the governor didn't like it, he'd crack down on it." Well, I, I, I think that there is just there's almost a cowardice sometimes for conservatives that are willing to stand up and oppose this. <clears throat> Right. And, and there's and there's almost an arrogance uh, mm-hmm. that conservatives think, well, as long as the governor gets invited to come down there and speak to the students, and he, I think he's scheduled here in the next several weeks, uh, then, then that'll be balanced treatment. He's a oh. conservative, oh. and he'll get an opportunity. <laughs> well, the only problem is, you know, he comes in and gives an hour speech and answers some questions, and then he leaves. This kind of instruction, this indoctrination is going on day in, day out. And even in when the students go back to the dorms, the resident counselors uh, also uh, conduct discussions with the students Mm -hmm. uh, uh, about the films or the lectures or whatever. So there there is a uh, I used the phrase earlier. There's a thumb on the scale here. Yeah. Uh, and the the ideal is they're just trying to pick off that one student or that sev- those several students that really don't have a firm uh, moral grounding, so to speak, uh, and are susceptible to this kind of instruction. All right. Mark's going to be with us to the top of the hour. We've got more questions for him. I need to remind you about Cabin Emergency Hospital. <laughs> And that they are, uh, well, they're up in Cabin on Highway 89 on the Walmart side of 67167, right there by David's Burgers. And they are 100% physician-owned. They have a board-certified emergency physician on duty 24-7, 365. They're open all the time. That includes the holidays. They have, uh, you know, suites set up with x-rays. Uh, they're, you know, the, the CT scan, the ultrasounds, they even have an MRI on site. They have an on-site lab, so you don't have to wait, you know, for days to get your blood work back. They get it back to you within minutes, not even hours, and they have a pharmacy there. Here's why. Because they believe you should be able to get back to your life faster. And they believe why should you have to wait to be able to see a doctor when you have uh, an emergency because your emergency matters to you so uh, you show up they'll get you back to an examination room they'll see you and they'll get you on your way uh, if they can treat you there and take care of everything they'll do that if not they will um, send you to a hospital where they can do that that is uh, the cabot emergency hospital all right, Mark Lowry is with us, state representative. Let's turn it back now to Paul. He's got a quick question. Hey, representative, this is Paul Calvert. I, hey. So it, it almost seems like this is maybe another aspect of maybe sort of like the gifted and talented program where you're taking kids that probably are a little sharper than others, and you got to nip this in the bud before they become um, 
right-thinking Americans? Is that kind of what's going on here, maybe? Well, I I think it is, a, a, you know, an attempt to identify, uh, obviously, our potential leadership, best and, best and brightest, uh, potential leadership, uh, but to also, uh, uh, I keep using the word indoctrinate, but mm-hmm. it almost feels that way. And I'm, I'm really very interested to hear uh, maybe later from R.D. of, of uh, his impression, you know, when he visits with his daughter, who is at the governor's school. And, you know, for her to, you know, maybe be aware of not how it's affected her, but what she saw around her, what, you know, in her interactions with other students, how some of them were affected. That, that will there, be interesting. That, I think it might be fun to bring on the show. Well, we are. I've already talked to R.D. We're going to have her on the show as soon as she gets back. When that happens, uh, uh, Representative Lowry, I'll call you and we'll have you on the show as well, and you can ask her pertinent questions as well. Let's go okay. to uh, to Iverson Jackson. Iverson, what's your question? Uh, good morning again, uh, Representative Lowry. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the uh, – uh, since that's the public – public that they get public funding can anyone go and just visit that school sit, sit in on the class uh you know and uh that that's that's the biggest thing since they get public funding how do, can we get a hold of their uh curriculum, uh, the curriculum? yeah the syllabus. they're teaching the syllabus or whatever it is they're using well actually it's very it's very closed down shut down uh it may be more accessible now that it is taught on a the campus of a public university mm-hmm. uh, when it was at Hendricks college for well over 30 years um, there, there really was a, a cloistered shut down uh, atmosphere and a, and a private college like Hendricks could certainly dictate to dictate that. But they were receiving um, public funding though. Well, I, I understand. I agree. I mean, I'll give you an example next Saturday there is a legislator's day and legislators can come and, and they can see the dog and pony show and go to a class. But I have been, uh, uh, asking for years to be able to go to the area three classes where these discussions, for instance, about whiteness are taking place. We only get to go to the academic courses. Uh, to hear, you know, maybe discussions, social sciences or math or go to, uh, you know, to hear the band practice or, you know, whatever. And so I have insisted that we should be given an opportunity to also go into those area three classes. But again, you know, they're going to be on their best behavior. The instructors are. They're not going to roll out their leftist ideology in front of legislators and uh, which I which I would say they're cowards. Those people are cowards at the way that they're, they mm-hmm. use state dollars to inculcate their ideology and to try and pick off some of these kids that are very impressionable. And, uh, you know, there was a video, a, a documentary done back in the early 90s about the governor's school called The Guiding Hand. And mm-hmm. it had interviews, uh, a interview with one mother who said her son was never the same. When he came back from governor's school, that young man eventually committed suicide. Wow. And the parent says, you know, she's not blaming the governor's school, but that she believes that if her child had not gone to the governor's school, he would not have committed suicide. You know, I guess, again, uh, the key there is, is, is that 
public funds and uh, public has no access. That's a, that's a, I think that's a serious problem. When, we ha- when we're paying for stuff that's being brainwashed into children and we can't even figure out what, what's being taught. Well, well, let's just carry this into public schools. Uh, when, when I get out and talk to people, one lady told me the scariest thing to her was that she doesn't have access to what are the material that her children are being taught in school because they don't bring books home anymore. I believe uh, right. if we just take this example and apply it to our K through 12 and, and, and take back control and have access so we can see what's being taught in the schools. Uh, my daughter was in the homeschool K-12 uh, principals where they could do it at home, and it didn't take us long to see that we wanted to homeschool them without the K-12 material because we got to see what was being taught to our children. So would you support yeah. a bill, Representative, would you support a bill that said that if they taught it, evolution in a public school that they also had to teach creation or teach neither well i know representative barry bentley did uh present a bill uh like that this this session and i did vote for it it did not pass uh but rd back to your point we did pass legislation in this past session that gives parents the right to request a review of curriculum and all lesson guides, all curriculum guides that are used in the public schools. Um, I would say that that probably would apply to the governor's school right now, but the law is not implemented until July 27th. So, uh, so that review and the parent can protest, but they don't have a right to opt their child out of it. And that's why I was asked to sponsor the bill. I didn't think it went far enough. Uh, but there is that right of review, and parents should uh, should take advantage of that. Good All job. right. We're out of time. State Representative Lowry, thanks uh, for coming on. I sent a message to uh, our Director of Education, Johnny Key, asking him to appear on the show. We'll see if he agrees to that here in the future. Okay. And if All he right. does, I'll invite you on as well. How's that? That sounds great. Thank you. All right. We'll see you later. Uh, State Representative Mark Lowry here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back. Hey, Charles Murphy's up next. Uh, Murray is his name. He's got a new book out. It's called, uh, you know, Getting Back to Reality, Looking at Race from Two Different Directions. I think there's two truths that are out there that are not taught anymore about race. We'll talk about Charles about that when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. The left are the most ignorant people I have ever had to watch. They just are you seeing these uh, these uh, uh, tweets that are going out about what's going on in Cuba? COVID, and, and, they're, and they're saying it's all COVID. 
Oh my God! God wake up, man. Well, they're not going to wake up. They're, they're communists too. They're, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're woke. woke and they're communists. <laughs> what can I say? All right, David. New book out: Facing Reality: <laughs> Two Truths About Race in America. And Charles Murray's going to join us. You're an MIT scholar and a, Har- and a Harvard scholar, isn't that right, Charles? Well, I plead guilty. I went to both places. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I had you on years ago on the bell curve, and I'll never forget how you set the atmosphere on fire with that book. I'm thinking you're going to do the same thing with this book. What do you think? Well, it's it's hard to tell because they're doing a very good job in some uh, quarters of simply ignoring it. No, are they? Well, yeah. Then, seems to be the way that they they do things anymore why why this book and why now well it was because last july when uh, there were the protests and the riots i i was dismayed by the fact that uh i'm sorry i had a background noise that i've just gotten rid of okay <laughs> that's fine I was dismayed last july by the fact that uh uh the the narrative that went out over you know, New York Times, the Washington Post, the uh, networks and so forth, bought into the systemic racism line that uh, everything that is wrong with, uh, with blacks in America is a result of racism. And I was waiting for these major news outlets to say, look, well, it, it is more complicated than that. Racism remains a factor of American life, but there are these other disparities between groups that explain a lot of what's going on without invoking racism. And specifically, it was most, I was most upset about the treatment of policing in black neighborhoods because it is simply an empirical reality that if you're a police patrol or woman going into a low-income black neighborhood, you are in a much more dangerous environment than if you are in a middle-class white neighborhood. The ratio of, of black violent arrests to white violent arrests is around 10 to 1, depending on what city you're in. Okay. That difference in the level of threat means that you, as a policeman, are going to have to respond differently. As a professional, you have to respond differently. You have to get more, establish your authority. You have to be more prepared to deal with uh, physical threats, etc. So that was, a, that was an example of the kind of thing where I said, look, we've got to stop ignoring things that aren't racism that explain much of what's going on in America. Okay, so I'm going to jump in and just say right now, somebody from the left, after hearing your answer, I said, you know, you're right as far as that's the fact, but that just shows your whiteness. That just shows your your white superiority uh, feeling about all of this. It's, 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 they say that to just stop all kinds of conversation. Yep, and, and the answer to that is, this is not a theory, okay? <laughs> Police departments around the country have made available for download by the public, and, and anyone who wants to criticize my numbers can go online and do it for themselves. They've downloaded their complete arrest records. Major cities have, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, uh, for several years. And so it's a matter of counting up the number of blacks who are arrested for violent offenses, the number of whites who are arrested for violent offenses, uh, dividing that by the size of the populations in the local area, and that's the arithmetic that produces these numbers. Furthermore, uh, if you say, "Oh well, the, the, you know, the cops are just out there arresting the blacks, you know, uh, indiscriminately," there are also ways of checking that out and triangulating that. And it's no, it's it's not 
whites, of whites arresting blacks indiscriminately, it's real differences in criminal offending. All right, so what you're saying is that the problems that are facing America are not systemic racism, but just very obvious uh, facts and figures that if we would just use them, we could solve. They explain a lot of it. I'm not saying they explain everything. And by the way, I want to throw in something here since we're talking about crime. Uh, Very few people of any race commit violent crimes. Very few. So if you're talking about as you look at a person with black skin or brown skin or, or white skin, can you tell what the difference in chances of violence are? No, you can't. But if you are talking about uh, large numbers of people at large urban areas, then these, these differences have social consequences. Okay, so also, you know, for us to sit down and, and start looking at, you know, some kind of way of combating uh, these instances, for instance, southwest of Chicago. Look, I grew up outside of Chicago. The southwest side of Chicago has always been a tinderbox. Always. Yes. It's, it's always been that way. That's why I'm still surprised the, the White Sox play over in that part of the city. They'd get three times as many people in there to watch their ball games if they weren't in that neighborhood. But the bottom line is, is that no one wants to deal with with what's going on. they got a mayor in Chicago right now that says it's all about race. Yeah, and the, the thing is that I constantly get is, uh, well, you know, this means, what, what are the solutions to this? And I'm saying, wait a minute, this book is not about causes, and it's not about solutions. Even if we have a great solution, which we don't, but suppose we did, uh, tomorrow, a responsible professional police person going into uh, a low-income black neighborhood is still going to have to deal with the situation that exists right now. And if we're looking at differences in policing between black neighborhoods and white neighborhoods, a reasonable person of any race or color has to has to take into account that's an important difference. Charles, we've got uh, Iverson Jackson here. You you got my power panel with you today. Iverson's got a question for you. Go ahead, Iverson. Uh, Charles, it, I, I'd like to know if you took those same uh, numbers and, uh, like, if you're doing a survey, you you eliminated the race um, uh, factor on the card, and you just looked at education, uh, some factors like that, education, fatherhood, you know, those type things. Would those numbers be the same? They would sure be more similar. And, and because, look, I do not know any cop that I've ever talked to or any social worker mm-hmm. who does not say that uh, the absence of fathers is a huge problem in terms of crime. Mm-hmm. And, and, and education is also involved. And this, this gets to what I meant by, in a sense, causes are irrelevant. If you say fatherlessness is a big cause of crime, I'll say, yes, it is. And if you have a solution for that, let's go for it. But it's still, as we're talking about what's happening in the news today, uh, we're dealing with the reality that exists today, not the one we hope will exist when we start to solve this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, when when you th- when I look at numbers and I think and we look at, you know, uh, people going to jail and so forth, we look at the mostly people that are not educated, don't have high school, particularly don't have high school yeah, uh, yeah. diplomas, are going to be mainly your larger offenders. The if numbers. you go out to uh, a lot of low-income, working-class white towns, uh, 
in the mountain west and so forth, you will find that the high crime part of town is exactly it's the it's the high school dropouts, mm-hmm. the families without fathers. Yeah, these are these are important facts, and and, and that's that that's regardless of whether they're white, black, brown, pink, or green. Yeah. No, I'm talking I'm talking about low income whites at this yep. point. Mm-hmm. For that matter, think about uh, 19th century New York City. Yes, uh, Hell's Kitchen was the most dangerous place in New York City, and that was all Irish. Mm-hmm. And uh, and for that matter, I'm Scots Irish by ancestry, and. We were mostly famous for being drunk and violent. So yeah, there's plenty to go around. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying that that in today's world, uh, in the large urban areas, the center of all of this is yeah. to, is a large degree the low income black neighborhoods, and to a lesser degree low income Latino neighborhoods. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break, Charles. We'll be back with you in just a moment. I understand you're in Ireland? Is that right? I'm in Ireland visiting my daughter and new grandchild. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on the new grandchild. We'll be right back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Charles Murray is our guest, Facing Reality, Two Truths About Race in America. I'll have him name those two truths specifically for you when we come back. You know, if you're uh, looking to get your uh, Social Security you can get the answers in a simple, easy-to-understand booklet called Your Guide to Social Security. It's from David Lucas Financial right here in North Little Rock. A uh, 27-page booklet contains what you need to know, can help you get even more income when you file for Social Security, because it really is important. Do you do it when you're 62, 66 and a half, 70? You know, that all plays into how much money you're going to get. If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, get the free booklet now by calling 501-222-3315. And as a bonus, you'll receive a free customized Social Security analysis that pinpoints the optimal time to bring every nickel out of your benefits. Pick up the phone, call right now, 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. We're back with Charles Murray in a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back. Facing Reality is the name of the book, Two Truths About Race in America. Charles Murray is our guest. Congratulations on the birth of your grandchild. How many grandchildren you got now, Charles? I've got uh, five altogether. This one was born a year ago. We just haven't been able to get over here. Uh And I might as well mention I have a son-in-law from Little Rock, too, so... Oh, connections there. Very, very good. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for uh, or tell tell him thanks for to moving here. All right, we we uh, appreciate that. I, I, little Rock, a great city. Uh, I, I I say that to other people besides radio, uh, Little Rock radio. <laughs> well, Charles, if you're ever in the area, please uh, make it known, and we'll get you on the show here when you come when you come in. I'd like to meet you personally. Uh, let's go back to your book, Facing Reality: Two Truths About Race in America. What are can you can you stake those true truths for people so they know what they are? Sure. The first one is uh, that the violent crime rate is much higher among blacks than among whites, and it's also higher among Latinos than among whites. And the lowest of all the crime rates, uh, violent crime rates, is with Asians. The second of the two truths has to do with uh, that very inflammatory topic, IQ. There is a difference in observed means on mental test scores. Okay, so I'm asking your listeners to put away all the thoughts they may have about can you measure intelligence with a single number, this, that, the other thing, and say, look, 
on simple test scores, whether they're IQ or math and reading tests, there are group differences across Asians, uh, Africans, Europeans, and Latins in terms of their, their ancestral heritages. And the thing is that those scores have a relationship to job performance and they have a relationship to performance in the classroom. Okay, so if you've got those test differences, you will also see group differences in those other things. Once again, Dave, I've got to emphasize something, uh, which is I'm not talking about differences that sort people into separate bins. Millions of blacks are smarter than millions of whites, and that goes for Latinos as well. Uh, and as far as that's concerned, the people on top in the test scores are Asians. They're not whites. Okay, having said all that, here's a problem. The identity politics that says uh, we, ought to, we ought to be treating people as groups in this country has as one of their evidences of continuing racism that Microsoft has hardly any black faces in its senior management. Well, these differences in means, which are not a big deal in and of themselves, do have an impact on the number of people available for the kinds of jobs that end up in senior positions in, in Microsoft. Namely, Microsoft hires at about the top percentile of uh, test scores. They, they hire at a very, very high level because that's the nature of the, the profession they're in. Coming through the pipeline, there are not nearly enough African-American faces to meet the demand. Google and Microsoft and Apple would love to have more. Uh, senior black managers, but they are competing for a limited number of people. Meanwhile, proportionately, there are much larger numbers of whites, because whites are a much larger proportion of the population, partly, and also way more uh, Asians, because Asians proportionately have the most people in that very rarefied group. So it's another reason for saying, look, when you see these disparities, don't rush to say it's all racism, because in, in large part, it's a matter of supply and demand. It's, it's hard to get across that you are not forced into an extreme position when you recognize these two truths. You are not obliged to say, oh, we don't have any racists in this country. You are not obliged to say the cops are perfect. Uh, you are not obliged to take an extreme position. What I would like to see is people say, race is still a consideration. We are not a systemically racist nation. With that in mind, what do you think about CRT? I think it's a, it's a huge, huge problem. And it goes to what I've called identity politics. The central ideal of America, what used to be called the American creed, is that in the United States you're supposed to be treated as an individual for what you bring to the table. That's in the Declaration of Independence. That's the main theme of Martin Luther King's speech at the Lincoln Memorial in 1963. Judged by the content of their character, it's his daughters, not by the color of their skin. It's, it's an ideal. We fell short in a lot of ways, but boy, did we make a lot of progress. And if we just stuck to that, that we want everybody of race, color, creed, religion, all people to be judged as individuals by who they are, we'd be a lot better off today than if we had than what we did do, which was we increasingly started to use government policy to treat people as critics. Charles Murray is our guest. The name in his new book, Facing Reality, Two Truths About uh, 
race in America. It's available all major booksellers on the internet. You'll find them. I would say at bookstores, but there's not that many of them anymore. <laughs> uh, so you want to buy them? You want to buy the book online? I I'll tell you what. I went and uh, look, I've got a copy. They sent me a copy. I'm really happy that I've got another copy to to add to my library. Um, well, my wife isn't. She's tired of all my books, to be honest. But I've got most of your books, Charles. And you know, you just make. I mean, I love what you just said. It. You know, let's get to, to, you know, forgetting about color of skin, forgetting about, you know, creed. Let's forget about their religion. Let's go to the individual. Are they the one that should get the job mm-hmm. or not? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... And you know what? Can I, I, I know we're running out of time, but just let me point out quickly, whatever the CRT people say, I bet if you took an honest poll, 80% of African Americans, 80% of Latinos or more... Eighty percent of whites still believe in the ideal of a colorblind society. Uh-huh. They still believe in the ideal of a melting pot. We are letting a small number of people on each side of the yep. spectrum drown out that that strong central core of faith in the traditional American ideals. Yeah, and that's because of the media. There's just no doubt about it. I yeah. I, I listened to the news coming in to uh, work this morning. I always do that just to see if there's something that I'm missing. And the number one story I wanted to talk about when we went on today was Cuba. Not one of the media <laughs> people that I listened to even mentioned Cuba. That That's, that's I despicable. Even, I haven't heard what's going on in Cuba either. Oh, okay. They're, they're marching in the streets saying they don't want communism anymore. They want freedom. What a, what a concept, huh? Oh. And, and I know for you, for me, that's a big deal. Since 1959, the people of Cuba have been under the thumb of the communist regimes there. And before that, other despots who have ruled that, uh, uh, that island. If they can... And you being a libertarian, I know you'll agree with this. If they can get some true freedom over there, that place is a diamond ready to be polished. Absolutely. It's, uh, Havana is going to have a, it's going to be one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Once, Could uh, it be Havana. turned into the next um, Hong Kong, a free market trading center? Yeah, before China. Before China. <laughs> right, right. Hong Kong before China took over in the last 20 years. Or yeah, last but, couple of years. Right, yeah. yeah, because Hong Kong was the number one uh, market freedom. You better believe it. Liberty zone. That would be Definitely. cool if we could make, if, if Cuba could turn into that. Yeah, it would be. And, and keep gun rights and Got my fingers crossed. We're going to try to get Rubio on tomorrow to talk about that. I'm going to try to get him on. Charles, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate you. Good book. Keep up the great work. Thanks very much. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. That's Charles Murray here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We appreciate him joining us all the way from Ireland. Wow. Visiting his new grandchild. Been wanting to see his new grandchild. Hadn't been able to because of the travel restrictions because of COVID-19. So, yeah. And he's got a, a son-in-law that lives here in, uh, in Little Rock. Little Rock. So, yeah. by the way, speaking of uh, local area figures, uh, Wick. Kid's name is Wick. Last name is Wick. He's from Conway. Number one draft choice of the oh, Chicago yeah. Cubs yesterday. Left-handed pitcher. Congratulations to him. A lot of a lot of baseball talent in this mm-hmm. area. Lee and all the rest of mm-hmm. them that uh, we've gotten used to in this area. All right, we've got a break here at the bottom of the hour. Calling in in just a moment. 
We'll be talking to the folks from uh, Arkansas Right to Life. We're going to talk to them about what's going on with them on the Dave Ellswick Show. I had Dustin Turner. I've been talking about him for over a year now, and uh, I used him. I gave him a call and said, hey, Dustin, the, the market is really, really hot now for selling homes. I'd been thinking about selling next year, but maybe I should be looking at it this year uh, in doing it. And he came out to my house. He uh, walked through my house with me. He pointed a few minor details in my house that he said, that would be very easy, Dave, to, to fix up and, and apply, uh, like in the door frames where it's worn down over the years going in and restaining and and things of that nature and uh, said you know you probably should look at looking at doing this you do a little bit of work you can get top dollar for your home and uh, i was really impressed with him really really was he he does it right and he gets your home out now you can do all that stuff but if nobody sees it nobody's gonna buy it uh he makes sure that your home uh, through his marketing plan is seen by you know thousands of eyes and people then uh, look at it and want to come out and take a look at the house and then you can sell it and sell it quickly you can do that with dustin turner call him 501-952-2969 that's 501-952-2969 google him at dustin turner the home team or go online to HomeTeamSoldIt.com. That's HomeTeamSoldIt.com. All right, Rose Mims is with us from Arkansas Right to Life. Let's get Rose here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Rose, what you need to talk to us about today? Well, I'm calling about our uh, Pro-Life Camp Joshua 2021 that's coming soon. Yeah, see, we, we need these type of programs to uh, teach children the truth that they need to know about. And uh, you do this with uh, the, uh, the the Camp Joshua. How long has Camp Joshua been going on now? I, I've been talking about it for most of the time that I've been on the radio here in, uh, in Little Rock. Well, I believe our first camp was in 2013. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we had to cancel last year um, due to the pandemic, but we're back strong. Wanted the kids to have, you know, a normal camp experience without any of the, you know, the things that we were doing back then in 2020. So uh, we're back strong and looking for a great group of kids. You know, we offer this camp for teens aged 13 to 19, but we do make exceptions for younger kids and older kids that may want to come. We limit it to about 25 students. And, uh, you know, keep the cost down, never raise the cost. It's $100 for the weekend. Starts on Friday, July 30th, goes to Sunday, August 1st. Out at Crosshairs Retreat Center, a beautiful lodge in Arkansas County. And the kids just love it there. There's great food. You know, there's great opportunities for them to learn about the pro-life issues, but also to have some fun. You know, right. We play games, and they get to go outside and, and romp around in the huge uh, grounds there at Crosshairs. It's just a really great experience for the kids that come, and we hope more and more will come. Well, i got to tell you, if you're going to have youth, you got to have good food. 
<laughs> That's right. And, and we do have great food. And, and two, you know, the kids that come, they have a love of life or they have an interest in learning more about the mm-hmm. issues. And we, we stick to abortion and, and uh, euthanasia. We do teach the kids about stem cell research, you know, the embryonic and the adult, so that they will know and have a clear understanding of the issues, as we know now with our new administration, that door has been opened wide, you know, to allow the testing and the use of fetal tissue from aborted babies for all kinds of experimentations, the really horrible and gruesome, you know, experimentations that have proved no new therapies to uh, cure diseases or uh, even for therapeutic purposes to help people who are suffering from disease. It's, it's uh, really a tragic situation, but uh, the kids need to know this and to know that adult stem cells that don't require the killing of anybody, that is the most promising of the research that's being done. Well, I've got a friend of yours sitting here across from me. Iverson Jackson's here. He wants to ask you a question. Good morning, Rose. How are you? Good morning. I'm great, Pastor. Thank you. Yeah. What level of detail can you get into with you know between 13, 19 years of age about what abortion really is and the the gruesomeness of of abortion? And uh, um, so, what level of detail can you can you get into? Well, we don't spare any details. I mean, we have an OB-GYN doctor, Dr. Rick Wyatt, that comes in, and he that's the Friday night session. And we call it Abortion 101 because mm. it, it does tell the basics. He brings actual instruments uh, that are used in an abortion. He clearly explains what happens in an abortion. Mm. In fact, Dr. Wyatt when he was training as a residency, he assisted in abortions. And so he tells them his personal experience of that. And he also shares with them the, um, the realities of the complications uh, and consequences of an abortion for mothers who have them. And uh, sometimes we show a portion or maybe all of the film, the silent scream. Mm. And that is heavy stuff. Yes. Uh, we have discussion afterwards, after that session, and the kids get to ask questions. I mean, he passes around the instruments so that they can feel them and touch them and see them. And um, then there's there's free time after that for them to process and also just to, you know, try to um, have a diversion, mm-hmm. if you want, just to so that we hope they when they go to sleep that night that they're they they're not bothered too much from what they have seen but you know it's the truth and they have to see it right. all right 18 minutes before eight rose mims arkansas right to life on with us and 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 rose i still have you on my smile on uh on my amazon page so whatever i buy uh you get a portion of it well, thank you very much, Dave. We want everybody. I want everybody to know that. I mean, if you go to Amazon, you buy stuff, look up the smile programs that they have, and you can put Arkansas Right to Life in there. And uh, a, a small percentage of everything you spend will end up in their coffers, and that is a, a great thing. They're always in need uh, of money. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, money is you know a necessary evil, so to speak. 
Uh, R.D. is here as well, Rose. You know R.D., and he's got a question for you. Okay. Yes, Rose, thanks for calling in, and thank you for what you do. Now, do you have a portion of this? Uh, we appreciate you educating the, the children and, and letting them know how gruesome this is and, and hopefully the moral reason why, and I'm sure you do, but do you have anybody like Jerry Cox's organization or someone come in and help educate these kids on how they can get involved and how they can make a difference? On the very last um, day, Sunday morning, I do a session uh, that does give the kids ways to get involved in their school and their community, and that involves everything. And then our final session is at the Capitol on Sunday afternoon, and we, we meet there. We're very excited this year that the lieutenant governor is going to speak to this mm-hmm. class. He's going to take them on a tour of the Capitol. He will explain his role not only as lieutenant governor, but also as a U.S. congressman, you know, what he has accomplished and what can be done through the legislative process to help protect innocent human lives. And so it's been really, I love the Capitol session because last, well, in 2019, we had Senator Cecile Bledsoe, and she was wonderful talking to the kids. She's done a tremendous amount of work in Arkansas, you know, on the life issue, protecting the unborn children. Uh, And she took them into the Senate, let them sit in the Senate chamber. She gave them a medallion uh, from the Senate you know, the Arkansas Senate. It was just really a special way to bring the kids into the Capitol. Some of them have never been there before. These kids come from all over the state. They've never had the opportunity to to speak to a senator or uh, the lieutenant governor. You know, so this is a great opportunity for the kids to to get hands-on information about what they can do as a citizen. You know, to talk to their state representative and state senator, to write the governor, you know, to write their congressman. So, yes, that's a very important part of it all that we do, you know, uh, tell the kids about and encourage them to get involved politically. Well, thank you for doing that. Hopefully that someday some of them will be senators and some of them will take the roles on themselves. So thank you. All right, Rose, if you'll hold, we'll be right with you. Paul Calvert has a question for you. We got to take another uh, break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Rose Mims, our guest, Arkansas Right to Life uh, Camp Joshua, will get back. Want to talk to you about how you can help money wise uh, for people uh, to perhaps uh, get a scholarship and be able to go and 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 because they don't have enough uh, finances themselves. PI Roofing, take care of your roof. Uh, they'll make sure everything is right. They'll make sure that if you need, it, here's what they'll tell you. They'll tell you if it's okay, or they're going to tell you you need a new roof. And uh, the, the folks at PI Roofing are the people to do a new roof with. They'll come out, take off the old roof. they got to remove some wood. They'll remove the wood. They throw all that crap around your house, and they pick it all up after they get done. They do a great job. Just I'm, I'm always been amazed at how well they can clean. they got a big magnet they take around your house after uh, they've worked, and they pick up all the nails that ping off the top while they're up there putting on the shingles and all of that and they'll do a job for you and you won't have to worry uh, perhaps this could be the last roof you'd ever have to put on your house just get a hold of pi roofing and let them give you the good or the bad news at uh, 
3551-707-3551-or-piroofing.com. Back with Rose Mims from the Arkansas Right to Life. And, Paul, you had a question. Yes. Hey, Rose. This is Paul Calvert. Um, so one of the statements you made when you first came on was about stem cell research and, and adult stem cell research specifically. And you mentioned it doesn't require killing anyone. I think that's an interesting statement because that's acknowledging the individuality and the, the humanness, if you will, of these unborn children, as opposed to, well, this is just a clump of cells. But I think that that is kind of profound is that we recognize them as a someone. Right. And that's what we instill in these kids that come to Camp Joshua. These are individual people being killed in an abortion that will never, I mean, they're unique. We each and every one of us are one of a kind. Mm-hmm. You know, made in the image and likeness of God, and we're not a religious camp. It's not a it's not a Bible camp or anything like that for kids, but we do help them to understand the uniqueness of each and every individual child who is killed in an abortion, and then their body parts used for experiments. It's 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 wrong, and we have to protect life, and that's what we want them to leave understanding, believing, knowing that each. Each person, me, you, all those that are there, we have a responsibility. I mean, love thy neighbor. You know, we have to protect these unborn children. They have no voice. We are their voice. We are their hands. You know, we have to do something. Um, The killing has to stop. And these kids educating them, they are the future of the pro-life movement. We're making an investment in them, arming them with the truth and tools that they need so that they can go out and speak to their their peers, their teachers, those people that are around them that are the voice of death, actually. You know, we have a pro-abortion president. We have a pro-abortion Congress. They're doing everything they can to silence us, to kill more babies. It's got to stop. You know, Rose... Where's the Hyde Amendment sitting right now in Congress? Where, what's going on? Is it still in effect? Not that I'm aware of. It wasn't included in the uh, appropriations package. It's not a done deal yet. Uh, Congress is still trying, those pro-life members there, to restore it. I mean, it's, it's, it's on its last leg with this administration, but we are desperately trying to to get that protection for these mothers who are poor. I mean, is that all we can offer them as a dead child? I don't think so. I mean, it's uh, the Hyde Amendment has saved millions of unborn children over the years since it was first, I think it was 77 or 78, that Congressman Henry Hyde put that in the appropriations uh, bills of Congress. It's been there every year. You know, we um, got into a little bit of trouble with Bill Clinton when he was president. He wanted to open it up. We compromised and said, "Okay, well, you know, we'll include rape and incest abortions uh, to be paid for with tax dollars. But now um, this abortion president wants all babies, poor babies to be killed and paid for by you and me. Yeah. And if if people don't think that that's a case in point. Let me remind everybody that in New York City, uh, more black babies are aborted than are born. Mm 
I mean, that that says a lot right there, That how Planned Parenthood has done so well in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, because th- you know they put themselves in minority neighborhoods. That's that's the people that they say quote they serve, and uh, there there's more black babies uh, die by abortion than are actually born in in New York City. It's incredible. So is, is Planned Parenthood going to start a new motto? Hitler ain't got nothing on us. Yeah, well, that's the truth. <laughs> Rose, you said two things there that I thought was interesting. You referred to love thy neighbor and truth. You know, sounds like you've got a source of authority there for right and wrong somewhere. (laughs) Yes, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I mean, that's why I'm in this fight for life is because I am a Christian and a believer that God is the creator, the source of all life, the author of life. And um, but again, you know, Arkansas Rights Life is not a religious organization, but that is why I'm there, you know, fighting the good fight every day. We know where truth exists, don't we? And the yes, answers for society. Thank you. Yeah, it's not your truth, and it's not their truth. It's the truth. <laughs> it's the <that> truth. <laughs> I want to make sure we get that clarification for everybody that's listening right now. That, as you know, Rose, you know me long enough that that's the thing that drives me nuts is when saying, well, my truth, what are you talking about your truth? <laughs> You know, we can talk about your opinion, you know, that's the thing. All right, so uh, for people that want to help on this, I want to get to this part of the of the interview, and that is there are children who would like to go to this but can't because they can't afford it. How can we? Well, we, you know, would welcome anybody that wants to sponsor a student. And this year the need for scholarships is, is, is great. You know, we do have available uh, still a few, not many, but uh, I've seen that many students are asking for scholarships. So at some point, the scholarships that we have are going to work. Or your listeners want to sponsor a student, just send us a check for $100, Target's All Right to Life, and put on the note, you know, this is for a scholarship, Camp Joshua Scholarship. And um, we, we really appreciate that. I just want to give, before we have to go, the website for Camp Joshua is simply Camp Joshua AR. We still have some spots open. You know, it's not too late. It does start July 30th, so you need to make a decision soon and get your application in. If you need a scholarship, just put a note on your application. I need a scholarship. We'll find you one. It's a, and that's the great thing about your organization and this camp is that you find a way for every child that wants to go to be able to go. That's right. And we want them to come. Yeah. Yeah. We want them to go as well. All right, Rose, thanks so much for the time. I don't know. Are you usually up at this time in the morning? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're an an early riser. Yeah, you're you're better than me. You're an early riser. We appreciate your time, Rose. Thanks so much for being parts of of the Dave Ellswick Show. Anytime I can have you on and be of service to you, just let me know. Thank you, Dave. We'll talk to you later. All right. Rose Mims from Arkansas Right to Life, uh, Camp Joshua. I've had kids on from Camp Joshua. I've talked to kids that are going, and then after they've been, and I'm going to tell you what, it makes a difference. So if maybe you want to send your child to it. I mean, it's something sooner or later they're going to have to wrestle with. I actually went to Camp Joshua one, one year. Did yeah, you really? I remember that Rose came on and talked about it, and I actually went to the – 
went to the camp as kind of a, I guess, kind of an audit. Yeah. I was too old for the class, obviously. But I got to, I got to attend, I think, pretty much all the classes, and it was kind of neat. Yeah, well, they teach them a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And I actually, I actually sponsored at least one, one kid there, too. Okay, good. Yeah. There you go. We're out of time. Already? Yeah, we're out of time. Man, it's been a full show today, yeah, to say the least. We think uh, Mark Lowry, we want to thank the, the, the House uh, uh, member for joining us today. Charles Murray, thank him for calling in from over in Ireland. We thank him for that. And then to Rose for joining us as well. And go, Cuban people. Yes. Get your freedom, finally. Freedom. Get it. It's 1959, 62 years. I just sent a message to uh, uh, Senator Bozeman to see if he wanted to come on and talk a little bit about that. Also, help me to get a hold of uh, Marco Rubio and see if he'd come on and talk about uh, the situation in Cuba as well. Tomorrow, Elizabeth Sotolaro will be on with me in the first hour. Then the Bible Guys. and We'll tackle that freedom question as well tomorrow on the Bible Guys here on Dave Ellswick Show. Have a great day. I'll see you again tomorrow at 6 a.m.